Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I'm super excited to introduce my special guest, Brittany Kennedy. Brittany is the founder of On Point Nutrition, a virtual nutrition practice based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On Point's evidence-based one-to-one virtual approach ensures clients receive the highest level of service and sustainable results. Since opening in 2015, Brittany and her team of registered dietitians and nutritionists have helped over 1,600 across the U.S. On Point was recently named Philadelphia Magazine's Best of Philly 2018. Awesome. Brittany, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to, uh, it's great to be here. Well, I'm so glad you're here to talk a little bit about the holidays, the season that we're into and how to be more conscious in our approaches to nutrition and, of course, eating. We're faced with so many things during this holiday season. So (laughs) how do you help parents with that? Yeah, I mean, we get so many questions around this time of year about events that people are holding in their own homes or events that they're going to with their family. And I think the biggest thing that we always stress to our clients is to really just take a very practical approach to what's coming up the next couple of weeks, you know, not stressing out too much about these events that you have to go to and always remembering in the back of your mind that as long as you make the healthiest choice available to you at that moment, it's a win. You know, it, it doesn't have to be quote perfect this time of year. I don't think it's ever actually capable to be perfect, uh, <laughs> depending on your definition of perfection. Uh, you know, so I think a lot of times what we really stress to clients is to remember that it doesn't have to be perfect this time of year. You know, you don't have to just eat chicken and broccoli at your next holiday event. You should enjoy, you know, the food and the company that you are with and just focus on being mindful of making the best choices that you can in that exact moment. What great advice. And I love the practical approach because what is perfection anyway? So right. we're faced, we're faced with, with cookies and perhaps fruit too, right? For the holidays. Yeah. And we have all mm-hmm. sorts of choices wherever yeah. we might go and the parties and things. And, and even when we host. So I'm, I'm understanding and correct me if I'm wrong, that really yeah. making these choices is perhaps having a cookie, if that's what you desire, and some fruit and making balanced choices to you know, to help the sweet tooth, so to speak, as well as the healthy tooth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we are, our practice itself is we hold an all food fit mentality. So we'll never tell a client that they can't do something because the minute you tell an adult or a child potentially uh, that they can't do something, they inevitably want to do it even more, you know? So a a lot of times that we stress to clients is that they just need to survey what's at the event that they're at and then just make the choice that they're more drawn to in that moment. You know, if at that moment you see a really great bowl of fruit and you're like, Hey, I would really enjoy that. (laughs) Those berries as a, as a dessert, you should definitely do that. 
But if you're at an event where there's a cookie or a pie or dessert or something that, you know, is only around that time of year and, you know, your great grandmother has made it and, and it's delicious, you should definitely have it, you know, but you have to be mindful of, of portioning, you know, so just having one cookie or one piece of cake or one piece of pie is much better than obviously overindulging. Uh, and it's also much better than limiting yourself and then, you know, being dissatisfied and kind of feeling like you're missing out on the function. I, I love all foods fit mentality. I mean, wow, that is such a powerful statement such a powerful statement because you're absolutely right. I know when I limit myself, I want it more. When I say, yeah. oh, sh you shouldn't eat that, you know, then I would feel guilty if I did. And there's mm -hmm. so much language around the shame of it all, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all, we really stress that it's all about choices, right? You're the one who's in control of the choices that you're making. No one else around you is really in control of the choices that you make. People can influence other people's choices, but at the end of the day, you're the one actually making the decision. So, you know, you have to sit down and kind of figure out what you actually want in that moment. And it's not realistic to tell people that they can't do something because that just doesn't make sense. You know, it's, it's not true at all. <laughs> you know, right. people can do whatever they want. Uh, and I think this is really true with children this time of year too, is that you just have to let them know what their choices are and then let them choose, you know, and a lot of times I think that parents assume that their kids will always choose the candy or the sweets, but that's actually not true. I mean, sometimes they might, but you know, if you give your children multiple choices and ask them what they actually want to have, you probably will be surprised at what they decide, you know. It's not always the cookie or the cake. <laughs> Sometimes so, it could be the fruit. And that's interesting that you brought that up. So it's really about empowering them in making those choices for themselves. Exactly. But I'm yeah. gonna take it a step further here. But being careful what kind of language you've created around food, around mm -hmm. cookies, around basically everything that we consume in our life. Yep in your child's world. So if we start looking at cookies as bad for us, and we shouldn't eat them, and we shouldn't this, and we shouldn't that, aren't we creating a language around this that brings either shame or hiding or secrecy or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And a lot of children learn all of their habits, and especially their eating habits from their parents or those who are closest around them that they spend the most time with. So as most parents know, you know, your kids are going to emulate everything they see you doing, right? Whether it's good or bad, <laughs> it, it just happens. So it's really important to watch the types of words that you use around certain, when you describe certain types of foods and the dialogue that you uh, create with your kids around food, because you should never ever tell your child, especially with food, you know, that they, they can't eat it because it's bad for you. Because bad, the word bad always, like you said, brings this sense of like shame and wrongdoing to something. There's no such thing as a bad food, right? There are foods that are more nutrient dense for you, nutrient dense. There are foods that are going to give you more energy than other foods. And there are foods that are going to make you feel better than other types of foods. But there's no foods that are bad. You know, so if you explain food in that context to kids, they start to, they know, they understand, right? So they know if you explain to them that if you eat this apple 
before you go for a run and play with your friends, you're going to have more energy and you're going to feel better. You could eat this cookie, but this cookie might not give you all the energy that you need to really have fun playing with your friends, which is very true, right? There's, there's no, we're not lying about either of those things. And by explaining it to them in that way, then they will be able to, they will be feel empowered to make a decision, right? And they might look at it and say, well, if I want to have fun with my friends and I want to have a lot of energy, then I need to eat the apple because it has more nutrients in it for me and it's going to make me feel better. And so eventually, though, if you use that dialogue when you're explaining types of foods and how foods fuel our bodies, they're able to make better choices as they grow up. And I, I, I think that's such an important concept to keep in mind for all of us. And mm -hmm. I want to share just a little story about just the opposite with you. Uh, yeah. But first, I wanted, to, I wanted to just pinpoint that the dialogue around food and the facts and the neutrali neutrality that we bring to it, you know, without like tension and tone and negativity, but the positivity around the facts is yep. important, but also you know, you talked about modeling and emulating as parents, we need to embody mm -hmm. as well what we're sharing with our kids. So if we're saying in one sentence, yeah. you should eat the apple, and then, you know, we're really going for the cookie. Right. <laughs> uh, our kids are very aware of these practices, they're very, even when they they're get, not in the room. <laughs> yeah, and they get very confused. They get very confused because they say, well, you know, I, my mom or my dad or, you know, my caretaker is telling me that I should pick this because this is a a healthier choice for me it's going to make me feel better but they're not eating those things so and then they start asking questions like well why aren't you eating this you know and then you're kind of stuck in a hard place where you right. <laughs> you have to try to justify your actions uh, and that's where it can get a little bit sticky so for all parents listening get clear on your food values and choices yeah. and and as well as be thoughtful in the nutrition facts and the information that you're sharing with your kids from an educational mm -hmm. basis. So I, wa yeah. I wanted to share a little story with you. I can remember this like it just happened yesterday. And believe me, at my age, it was not yesterday. <laughs> so when I was young, my, I, I was on a mental health day, whatever that is, but my mom was really good about giving us mental health days. And yeah. we were at this bakery in uh, one of the department stores, and there was a muffin. And mm. I remember wanting this muffin and my mom saying, oh my gosh, no, don't eat that muffin. That has too many calories. Oh, and, yeah. You know, so, and I share this because Brittany, that was so powerful in my life. Mm -hmm. that every time I looked at a muffin, all I could think of was, I think she told me it had a thousand calories, was thinking a thousand calories at one muffin. I don't want that. And, mm -hmm. But it tainted me against the muffin world, poor, poor muffin right. world, uh, you know, to never Muffins eating that great. kind of food. <laughs> right. And so this is how powerful our language is and how mm -hmm. long statements like this can stay with us is it can be endless. Not sharing yeah. my age, but let's just say it's a long time. Yeah. So words are powerful. Yeah, they're so powerful. And we have clients all the time who ask us about how they can help their kids make healthier food choices. And the only thing that, well, not the only thing, but the first thing that we say to them is that, well, you yourself have to improve your, your food choices. You have to improve your eating habits for your children to then improve their eating habits. You know, you can't, you, you can't have, you know, your cake and eat it too, right? <laughs> right. right. You, right. You can't do both. <laughs> literally. Um, literally. Yeah. It, it's, it really stems from 
from the parent, from the adult and making and having the example and making a good example for your children. It's very hard to get your children to make, quote, better food choices when you yourself are not doing that. They just get confused. They don't understand why you're telling them one thing and then doing something else. You know, it's like if we were comparing this to anything else in life, it, it just wouldn't make sense. It would be like a, someone telling someone to turn right, but then they themselves turn left. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, you, you say to your child, well, we need to turn right here. But then if you turn left, they get very confused. The same thing with your food. You know, you can't say one thing and then do another. I think this is parenting as a whole. You know, it's life yeah. as a whole. But, you know, really, we before we do anything with our children, we need to embody it ourselves. So if mm -hmm. we expect our children to have a nice, clean and, you know, cozy room and put their toys away, but ours looks like, you know, a cyclone just went through. <laughs> we're not embodying what we're teaching. And so, you know, if, if I, I think that we are the greatest models for our children. And it's not mm -hmm. like the olden days, or at least my days, where, you know, as a child, parents were saying, do as I say, not as I do. It has right. come full circle. And now it's, you know, the child is doing what they see us do. So it's even more important in every aspect of our life as a parent that we're embodying the things we want our children to do as well. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting how this shifts over time, right? Because I remember even when I was a kid, my, I think my mother actually used that exact phrase. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Do as I say, not as I do. And I remember thinking like, what? Like, well, that's, and as a child, I remember thinking, well, that's not fair. You know, that's not fair. I don't understand why, why I have to do something, but you don't have to do it. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, it, it goes across all aspects of parenting. All aspects. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little further about children and, and maybe not even just during the holidays. You know, I have sure. a lot of parents that come to me that say, you know, my kid is such a picky eater. And mm -hmm. of course, when you have a picky eater and then you have the holidays and then you have the stress sure. of yeah. family in the holiday season, sadly, does bring stress to families. Mm -hmm. Always. What, what kind of um, suggestions, ideas, thoughts do you have about how to help these children and families to move through this time of year and the stress in life in general with mm -hmm. picky eaters? Yeah. So picky eaters are literally the most stressful thing, <laughs> I think, for most parents because children's eating habits are, they go in and out, right? One day they love carrots, the next day they hate them. Then the next day they love strawberries, then the next day they hate them. And it's, it's actually a very normal process for children to go through for them to try new foods and then not like something. It's like, it's like their trial and error process. Um, there are inevitably some kids who are always going to like more foods than others, just like there are adults that like more foods than others. Um, but the picky eaters are really hard because it, they're almost like a ticking time bomb. It's like, like you never know what's going to happen. Um, and so I always stress to people, if you have a child who is a, a picky eater and you're going to an event or there's some sort of holiday or function where food is going to be provided or you're not in control of the food, you, it's better to bring something that you know your child will eat. Because what happens is that if you take a picky eater into a situation and then they eat nothing there, it then increases everyone's stress in that environment, right? So the parents get more stressed out. They become less patient with the child. The child knows that their parents are stressed. They get upset. They act out. It, it's like, like this like ticking time bomb type of thing. Um, and so 
And this same concept we use sometimes as adults too. You know, you need to bring a familiar food into their environment and then pair that with a new food. So that way when they look at their plate, they say, oh, well, I like these things, but this over here is new to me. And they're more likely to try the new thing if they feel comfortable with other things that are already on their plate. So a lot of times it's just kind of thinking ahead and pre-planning and knowing what type of situation you're getting into and bringing some foods or snacks with you for your kids that you know that they will eat. So then they are more likely to feel comfortable and feel full and satisfied and then want to try other foods that are around. Mm. And, and that's such a beautiful suggestion because, you know, as you're talking about that ticking time bomb, I can actually see the family leaving the event mm-hmm. and the volcano occurring on the way home where the child, yeah. poor child, hasn't had anything to eat and then and has just, a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. The meltdown of all meltdowns. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like they just, they're done, they're hungry, they're tired, you know, and so you can't, you can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do right so you have to kind of put nudge them in the right direction or put them in a situation where they feel somewhat comfortable and so then it's easier to introduce new things um because you're right yeah i mean i've i think we've all been to those events i've seen them where people leave because their children either aren't eating or they're acting up or something is happening and then it just you know escalates from there for sure, for sure. I, I actually have a lot of food allergies, so I mm-hmm. always keep food in, in the car, in yeah. my purse. So if I go to someone's house and I can't eat anything, I yeah. always have something sustainable with me. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's great for, for picky eaters, for people with food allergies, for people who aren't sure what's going to be served and don't want to make a big you know, uproar about their yeah. own dietary needs to yep. pack ahead, think ahead, yeah. prepare. And- And depending on where you're going, if it's an environment where it's appropriate or you feel comfortable asking if you can actually bring a dish to add to the meal, that's that's like the easiest way. Because that way then you're also contributing something to the entire meal that everyone can enjoy, but that way you know that there at least is something there that you can eat or your child can eat. And so that way it removes some of the stress from the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. You bring exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, then you know you're yeah. satisfied. So yep. what uh, are there other things that you're hearing from families as, you know, we get into the season of holidays and stress? Is there anything else that you would like to share that would really help our listeners move through sometimes what can be a pretty challenging uh, time mm-hmm. of year? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I think this is true for any time of the year, but in the holiday season, it's even more so true, is that it's important to remember that you and your family need time to yourself and you need time to relax and decompress. A lot of times this time of year, people are pulled this direction and that direction. They're traveling here and going there to kind of see and do everything that they can do in the next couple of weeks. And they really miss, you know, setting time aside for themselves. And it's just as important for adults to practice self-care as it is for children. You know, you don't want to be schlepping your kids (laughs) to everyone's house and parties in here and there because they're going to get tired, they're going to get run down, and then everyone's not going to be in a great mood. So I would say in general, just take this time and enjoy the holidays and enjoy your family and, and those around you, but don't forget that your immediate family also deserves to have some time to themselves too. You know, it's totally okay for you to spend a Friday at home with your family and your children and celebrate the holidays. 
with just your immediate family. That's great advice. So you can say no. You can say yeah. no. You don't have to go everywhere and do everything. No, no. One of my uh, dietitians on staff here, one of her favorite sentence uh, statements to kind of tell her clients is that no is a complete sentence. Oh, I love that. I think I've no heard that before. <laughs> yep. No is a complete sentence. So you can say no. You cannot go do something and everything will be totally fine. So it's not as big of a deal as most people think it is. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think if you get into a situation where you have overscheduled yourself and you see that either your children or your, you are having kind of a meltdown of sorts or really mm -hmm. finding yourself overwhelmed, take a step back and look at what you can eliminate as you move yeah. forward to give you a little more space in your kids and family so exactly. that you can actually get back to enjoying and not yeah. feeling the stress and pain of it all. Yeah, exactly. I don't think awesome. I could have said that any better. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners where, because I'm sure they're all going to know, where they can find out more about you and connect with you. Yeah. So uh, the best way to connect with us is always just to visit our website and send us a message directly through there. So you can find us directly at www.onpoint-nutrition.com. We also have a very strong social media presence as, as well. So you can always find us on Facebook or Instagram at On Point Philly. Uh, especially our Instagram, we share a ton of recipes and healthy snacks for, you know, obviously adults and kids. And this time of year, we really try to share a lot of holiday favorites that people can make at home and also take to their favorite events too. Awesome. So we can get recipes. Yay. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> Well, Brittany, thank you so much for your wisdom and all the information that you shared. It's just been fabulous hearing uh, from you and sharing this time with you. Yes, this is great. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us. Remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.